Hi everyone, this is Daisy Isamarie and welcome to the Flower Power Podcast. This podcast is about following your dreams and I'm here to help you solve problems in your daily lives to help you get a step closer to your goals. I'm here to introduce people that have decided to follow their dreams and find out what they are doing to become their own success. We will also be girl chatting away about topics that we deal with such as friendships, relationships, and self-care, and so much more. Stay tuned to listen to Flower Power, which means peace and love. Let's find out what flower power is within you to change the world for the better. the flower power podcast episode three today i have a guest and he is my first guest and his name is nick Leahy. he is a content creator producer director and he is the founder of flex entertainment studios um and can you talk a little bit more about flex entertainment studios well where to begin flex entertainment studios was an idea that was formed by a young man with a dream and an ambition. He decided that he was going to be an actor, but not just an actor, a YouTuber, a gamer, and a guy who makes all-around content for all to enjoy. And in the end, it resulted with Spotty Podcast, a few comedy skits, and our first movie. What are some of the obstacles that you went through as an actor? Because I know you don't have an agent, so mm-hmm. what are the things that you do meanwhile? for to audition and stuff like that well there is a struggle definitely without uh, an agent the agent apparently could book you better jobs for major roles um something i would do is go on backstage uh, and on backstage you find all kinds of roles there's other little acting things facebook groups and just meeting people probably the best ways to uh, find roles when you don't know where they are and another one would be to do what I did when trying to get the role first of The Sopranos, to play young Tony. You make a video, and you tag it right, put it on YouTube, and it will get lots of views and lots of hate, too. But at least they watched. That's a lesson to anyone who's afraid of haters. Exactly. I think the best thing you could do as an actor is just be able to do your own content, especially if your agent doesn't call you or, you know, you're waiting on the phone for them. Um, So I also wanted to talk about a few things, which is, um, explain to other people that want to do acting how to start. Obviously, like, what was your point of saying, like, this is the way that I'm going to start this career? Did you ever have, like, an aha moment? Yes. Back in the day, I'd say about the year would probably be 2003 to think about it now. It's six years old. And uh, I'll get into the story about it a little more, but uh, who it relates to. But at about six years old, I wanted to do acting. But coming from the streets, the south side of Chicago. You don't tell people that uh, you want to be an actor because you're going to get made fun of for that, especially as a guy. And I played sports and everything, and then I turned 18, got into the trades, and I was like, well, I still want to do acting on the side and audition for little parts, don't get it, just all student films, things like that. But uh, it's pretty much something that's been with me since I was six years old. It's like movies were kind of like an escape for things, and... You know, you escape into the movies, become one with them, as uh, an artiste might say. Okay, I don't know. Uh, sorry about that little break there, but I didn't know if we could swear. But uh, anyway, well, I don't know. Oh, we're still going. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, whether it's like any any theater of life or the gym and stuff like that. Um, I lost my train of thought. What, would you, what was the question? <laughs> what was your, like, 
thing that you've done that you're like, oh my god, I meant to, um, I meant to do this, and like, what is your failure like? Oh, okay, yes, um, failure is a very good friend of mine. Uh, me and him have been acquainted for many years, uh, but always thinking about, oh, well, you could do better. The one moment it recently came that it was like, okay, this is something I was meant to do. Is I set out with a couple of friends, um, me and Randy. Uh, wrote this script for a short film called Poetry of War. Check it out. Shameless plug. Um, we got an actor, uh, Japheth Garcia, and my brother, Matt, and we all got together and created a short film. And it's not anywhere near the script that I wrote and that was a little disappointing and seeing like how it came out to me, it was bad. But then when you actually put it out, it's like, hey, we made a movie. We're in that 1%. Like everybody talks about, I'm going to make a movie. I'm going to make a show. And then nothing ever shows up. It's like, well, we put it out. We did our best. We didn't leave anything on the table. Every clip was edited. Every everything was done. And uh, so that was kind of a, a, like the moment you were talking about. That moment was like, yes, this is what I'm supposed to do. And yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I feel the same way. Like not everyone has the courage to start a film. Mm -hmm. I think that you should just go for it no matter what. Because at the end of the day, like you'll you could get better later. Because if you never start, you're never going to get better. Yeah. Same thing with filmmakers. I saw this interview with a filmmaker that he said that he did a lot of crappy movies before he got that good one. So yeah. we always see the, like, the highlight of things, but we never see the behind the scenes or the little projects that they did before You know, they got famous or their movie got popular or whatever. The number one thing you need as an actor is headshots. You cannot do any acting without your headshots because that's the first thing that agents, casting directors, anybody wants from you. Now, they are really, really expensive. And if you could invest in some headshots, that would be great. But if you could get one. Number two, the second thing you need is a resume. Now, for me, when I first started, the only resume I had is plays from high school. I did like radio television in high school. Um, so like what things can you put if you're not like, if you don't have anything yet, you get me? Yeah, I get you. Um, well, that kind of falls into my category almost. I've only done two or three other films for people and then everything else is my own work. So on backstage, my resume is pretty much just all my, my videos from YouTube. But, uh, as far as a resume, I don't even think I have one. <laughs> I almost submitted my, my job application resume with all my job history. That's I mean, you can't really list those three little short films that no one could really find because they were just like student projects and stuff. So my thing for as far as a resume would be like make your own content and then put it into a resume. No, you know what? I think what you need for that is classes. So take as many classes as you can. There's a lot of free classes out there, guys. Like you don't have to pay for them. Um, if you're in high school, you could definitely take some in high school. Even college has acting classes which I've taken before um, in my college, they actually had people that would write their own monologues. I mean, their own uh, plays and you would have to, they would look for actors. So I've done that for like two of my friends where um, they would get the play and then I would act it out or whatever in front of the whole, the whole school. Um, so that's something that you could do as many things as you can put in your resume. That would be great. And then you also have to make sure that you staple your resume to your headshot. So those are the number one things that you need as an actor. Those are your supplies. Okay, so Nick is learning a lot from me today yeah. <laughs> because he doesn't he didn't even know that he had to take his resume to with his headshot. So that's why I'm yeah. making doing this podcast so you guys can know the basics. Um, I'm just letting you guys know from my experience. Um, I'm not a prof I don't know if I consider myself a professional yet, professional but I, I think I'm a little bit in there. I yeah, mean, I've done it for three years, more. three years professionally, I, I, I say. But I think I know more than some people do, which is 
pretty good to me. Yeah, you've done three years and so have I, but you've done ten times as many projects as I have. I've done a lot of commercials. Yeah. And not like my resume is my resume is very, very good now. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say no to a lot of smaller projects. Now I should do it for fun. If like yeah. people want to like film a film with me, then I'll do it because I like it. So that's where I get my, some of my experience from. There's a few schools that I recommend to take acting classes. Number one is uh, Acting Studio in Chicago. Second is Vegabond School of the Arts. Um, those are the both both schools that I've gone to. You, I really don't think you need to go to college for an acting degree. Um, unless you're doing like radio and like television and producing, I think you would go to college for that. But when it comes to acting, I think you need to take acting classes. That's all for me. I used to think like, do I need college for that? But you really don't. One of the questions that a lot of people ask me is how to get an agent. And the thing that I recommend is how, what we talked about, uh, headshot, get your resume, and then you send them out to casting, casting directors. That's what you do. And then they, and then if they're interested, they'll call you and just have a minute monologue prepared for them. Then after that, it's going to be whatever, you know, if they decide to take you or not. Um, don't feel discouraged. There's so many times where agents say no to you the first time. I remember when I used to do acting when I was like 13, 14, um, one of my agents would say no to me. Like I auditioned for him for like five times or so. And then I, that's my agent now. So obviously like just because they said no the first time doesn't mean they're going to say no any other time. So do you like what do you think you need to do to get an agent since you don't have one yet? Um, I guess I would just do what you did. It's kind of similar to like um, that Sylvester Stallone story where he went to what did they say he went to like 5,000 agents or something and there was only like 1,200 agents in the whole city. He went to all of them multiple times until one said yes and camping out on the couch and stuff. I'm not saying go sleep in someone's office, but um, I would assume that's what you need to do. For me, it's like I've always been about like, creating my own opportunities for stuff, but I do know now that uh, if I want to do this professionally or just get major roles, I need to have an agent. Now, if you don't have an agent right now, I recommend to do your own content. I recommend to submit yourself to castings. Like Nick mentioned, he mentioned um, Backstage. Backstage is actually one of the websites that I use when my agent wasn't calling me at the time because I wasn't getting any auditions at that moment. But I submitted myself to casting um, auditions and I booked the roles in some of them. I actually booked a role for a very um, known company in the film industry here in Chicago and the project that I did with them was beautiful and it came out great. So like, I'm very proud that I got that myself. Um, so yeah, so there's so many things that you could do. Like Nick, you do your own content on YouTube, yeah. right? And that's yes. what keeps you busy as an actor. Yes, I do do most of my own content. Um, I do still audition for other stuff though. Um, Cause I, I like the idea of being just an actor where you just show up, do your job and go home. The whole directing and producing and writing and stuff. It's like once we finished our last movie, and it was only seven minutes. It was like, God, I don't know if I want to do another movie. But when you release it and they see people like it and some of the stuff, it's like, all right, what's next? But uh, yeah, definitely go into creating your own content just because it's fun and it keeps you in practice. One of the things that I learned in acting class was, or one of the reasons to take acting class was that uh, you you get a chance to act. I mean, you can't really act in front of, in front of yourself in the mirror at home. I guess you could do that, but getting around other people, doing scenes, I think that's probably... That's why you would take an acting class, and if you don't have that, get a group of actors, like kind of what I do, and you just start making content. Learn to write. If you can't write, learn to write or find a writer who's undiscovered. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know how to direct or work a camera, 
le learn it from YouTube or find someone who can do it and just start building a team. You can't do anything without a team. Yeah, I totally agree. I think like as an amateur actor or director or whatever you are, I think that it's very important to start out from the bottom up. Um, there's so many people that are like, oh, I'm going to audition for this movie. Like, no, you're not going to get a movie right away. Like you need to talk to the people that are starting as well. Like, like you said, like any writers that are starting, any directors that are starting, ask them if you could be their actor, ask them if you could help them out in any sort of way. Um, I know I've reached out to many people like, Nick, we reached out to each other, so that's why we started to yeah. do things together. So I started reaching out to other actors as well, and then we're gonna start doing things in the in the future, um, too. So you know, you gotta keep yourself busy with the people that are starting with you as well, because maybe later on in the future, you guys are gonna be on top of your game, and then, like, say you meet a director that you started off doing his little movie in his basement, and then he ends up getting an Oscar for one of his films, and then one day you audition for one of his movies, and you're probably gonna get it. Because yeah. you, you were there when no one else was. To that point that uh, the Daisy was just saying about, even if you look back in or any, any film industry, like you see like the best example, Scorsese and the Italian guys, they all, that's their, their clique, their group. And it's I've noticed that in the amateur um, circuit where I guess we would be considered. Um, it's like that too, very much of a, a clique and group. So start building your group or find an already established one who has values that align with yours and parts that you like and link up with them. Okay, and my last tip of how to start acting is be strong-minded and have a lot of patience because um, I've heard no so many times. And I think one of the reasons that I've been... I've been staying in this industry is because I taught myself that it's going to be a no. I don't know if that makes sense. Like for me, I go into the audition. I'm like, I'm probably not going to get it. But if yeah. sometimes I even get it without me knowing or I get a callback or whatever. So I, I know it's a bad mentality to go in, but I think I just go with the mentality of like, we'll see what happens. Because yeah. I remember when I was younger, like you think you're going to get that first audition. Yeah. But it's so funny because this time around, the first audition that I did, I did ever, yeah. um, I got, I booked it. But that was just a coincidence, I think. I think yeah. it, I think that was just the universe saying you could do this. I think yeah, that's what it was. It's like it's like gambling, where like where you get that first, worst thing in gambling is to win at first, and then like you just expect to keep winning, and then even though there's all the losses, like you know it's coming again. But uh, I think that's a great mentality because like yesterday I just went on an audition, and it was one I didn't care about. I only went because a friend of mine was auditioning, and uh, I just wanted to see him, hang out, catch up because uh, it's actually Chafeth who was in the movie, so we caught up. And uh, that was the only reason I went to the audition. And I walked in with a I don't care mentality or, or I'm not going to get it anyway. Uh, to be honest, more or less half-assed the interview or, or audition. But uh, at the same time, if I get a call back, I mean, the character was kind of a lazy, like half-assing it type guy. So maybe I do got it. But whatever. It's just I think it's a great mentality to have. I asked you guys on Instagram if you guys had any questions for me about how to start acting in any way. And then um, somebody reached out to me, um, Lupita. She reached out to me asking how I started, um, asking me questions about it. And then that gave me the idea to do this podcast episode because I could explain all of it. And then that way this could help her um, figure out what I was trying to say. Because I think it's hard to say all of this through text or through um, DMs. So one of her questions, hi Lupita, how are you? Her Instagram name is Baltimore uh, period vibe. So it's Baltimore dot, oh, it's dot, right? Baltimore dot V-I-I-B-E. Okay. Um, so one of her questions was, how did you get started? 
you could go first. I, I could go first. Mm-hmm. Well, trying to think back, way back, let's fade into the memory of three years ago, no, four years, damn, four years ago already, uh, 18-year-old Nick. Uh, I decided to go to Second City to take classes, and then the class pretty much just covered how to do a monologue, what monologue to do, blah, blah, blah. Um, so that, that class at Second City, it's actually a very good class if you want to take it. I don't know if the guy still teaches it, Derek Brummett. But uh, go over there. They teach you how to do, uh, like, just get used to doing auditions and how to start, where to get headshots and all that. Then I went, um, got my headshots done by the guy Brian McConkey, And from there, signed up for backstage and then started applying for things. And I actually got my first role, though, through neither of those things. I reached out to a friend from high school, and he put me into one of his films. And then from there, I wasn't getting nothing, nothing, nothing. And then one day, it's like when I switched up the mindset, like we were saying, where you don't care, walk into an interview, whatever. Like the first role that kicked it off, I wound up getting like three or four roles in one summer. And um, when I walked into the audition, I walked in on accident. It was in a hallway, and I just kind of walked in. And it's like a, it's like in a video game, you accidentally start up a mission or something where you didn't mean to walk into it. And I just walk in like, oh, are you ready? And of course I lie and say, of course. And I didn't even read the script. And I auditioned to play this 1940s like um, detective. And they're like, do you want to be the mobster? It's like, oh, the Italian stereotype. But uh, a lot of times, I, I don't know if I'm getting too far off on a rant, but I do know that like when you walk in on auditions, that's another little tip. They pretty much make their decision right when they look at you. It's like, that's why if I was ever doing anything, like you do all your auditioning of looking for people you you search the people online so you don't waste their time you just pick people that look the way you want and but yeah that's what i have to say on it yeah um one of the things that i forgot to mention is that about being strong-minded is that um it's not you it's them um most of the time it's it's not because you're not good that's not the reason and that's something that i've learned it's because they're looking for a certain type maybe they're looking for a blonde blue eyes and i'm not that maybe they're looking for a um, dark-skinned girl or maybe they're looking for someone different than what i look like so that's why one of the reasons why they say no to me and then just because they call me in maybe because or maybe they're looking for something totally different but then I come in and that's then they change the storyline, you know, so it could be it could go different ways. And so, Lupita, you asked, how did you start? And same thing. I started when I was 14 years old. Um, I started off uh, there was on the radio like, oh, if you want to be Hannah Montana, blah, blah, blah. I was the 100th caller. So I called in for one of those schools that I don't recommend to go to. I do not recommend to go to the schools because um, they're too much money. But me, I went and I got in and I got an agent, but I got dropped from that agent. I think I said it in the previous podcast. I got dropped from the agent for not going to the auditions, but later on I was able to get my agents back and um, that's how I started auditioning. But that's how I started back when I was 14 and I'm still doing it now. I'm 25 now. So I've been doing this for a long time. I guess you could say, you know how people are like, well, I've been doing this since I was 13. Now I'm 45 and I won an Oscar. Like, okay. (laughs) Now your second question is, what are the top tips of acting? Um, like I said, I really recommend to take acting classes. If not, I totally I recommend just to get your favorite scenes from a movie and act them out. Yeah, just do it. Yeah. Or there's also plays on like on at the library. You could like um pick those out and then act them out. Just act even in your house, like in your mirror, act, act, act. Um, those are the one of the things that I recommend. I like acting to things that like inspire me. 
like this Taylor Swift monologue that I love. I love reenacting that. <laughs> and I like to go to that deep spot. Like you always as an actor go to that spot that hurts you. Like that thing that hurts you the most. I use that also as my fuel to act. So that's that's one of the things that I do. That's good to be able to channel into that. I cannot uh, channel into anything it's more or less it's like you have those bad memories and stuff of things where it's like you try to channel them but a lot of times i've just like i was telling you earlier i just kind of go through that little half-assed thing where it's just like turn it on turn it off with acting and sometimes i think there are some people who could do that like for me playing certain characters like certain characters don't require much effort you just turn it on it's like all right i'm the tough guy now or this or that if anything you have to cry i'm out that's not my role mm-hmm. i won't be able to do that but like you said channeling something like that that's that's hard, and I think that's like natural talent or a lot of practice or actually a really painful thing. <laughs> Falling. Um, thank you, Lapita, for your, for your questions. Hopefully we answer a lot of it here in the podcast. But if you have any other questions, please reach out to me. I will be glad to help. Um, we have a, one more question to answer. Okay, and our next question comes from Officer Eggs on Instagram. Uh, if you want a guy with a lot of clout and who knows a lot about weapons and um, film, uh, follow Officer Eggs. But his question was, what inspires you to write? Well, for me, I like writing because uh, I always want to do acting, but writing is somewhere. It puts you in another world. It puts you, you get the, you're the creator of your own thing and your own universe. And back in school, I would sit around and drift off in grammar school and I'd be creating these own little universes and I'm the action hero, I'm this guy, like basing it all off the heroes and movies that I escaped as a kid. So I was like, well, maybe I'll do that. And then I had a couple of teachers in grade school tell me, oh, well, like I made a teacher cry with this um, story I wrote. And she goes, oh, you should be a writer. And I thought, oh, if this isn't 1900, it can't be a writer anymore. Those, those days are done. But uh, yeah, so that was, yeah, when she told me you could be an actor, or when she told me you could be a writer, I was like, well, maybe I could, whatever, but thought nothing of it. Then years go by, acting wasn't panning out, and I started getting all these good ideas for stories that I've always had. One day I had a notebook, and I just like, I don't know if I was still in high school or just leaving high school. And when I was working, I know because I know I was working too, and I was unhappy with my line of work. And I would just start writing to escape from that and put myself in these own little worlds and everything. Didn't think of nothing, nothing much of it. Learned how to do screenwriting, bought, bought a good book by Thomas Lennon and uh, Robert Ben Garant. They actually were in Reno 911 and made over a billion dollars in the box office. That's a plug for them. But Randy's other question was, why do we have so many haters? And those of you who don't know, me and Randy are the one, this is Officer Eggs. We worked on the short film together. And uh, to answer that question, Randy, I think that people hate on us because they want to be us. Everybody out there has a dream or something. And they never pursue, a lot of people don't pursue it. 90%, 95% of people don't pursue their dreams and passions. So it's just easier to talk shit and make fun of other people because they're out there doing it. And uh, I think Greg Plitt shined the light on it the best when he said, those people are just, you're shining a light on their missed opportunities and failures in life. And they're sour about it. And these people are just haters because they ain't got nothing going on and they're worried. So, um, Always have a plan B also. Like my plan B for me is to do television and radio. So that's my plan B. That's why I'm doing this podcast, to have things um, set up and ready for me to go. My plan B was to, not the pill, but my plan B was to avoid 
I didn't. I got rid of Plan B. Plan B was to go have a career, and uh, I dropped it to do this full time for a year. Fun experience. A good time to be a bum for like a year and play with YouTube and film on and off. But now even I'm back on Plan B, and uh, sounds sounds dirtier. Plan <laughs> B. But uh, yeah, even I'm back to doing that uh, because you do have to have money to come in. And the nice part about having money is. As long as you save enough, a little financial advice, kids, save for retirement. But at the same time, whatever percentage of it you could spare, spare it into the film or making a studio or doing some kind of artistic thing so you don't lose your mind going somewhere you don't want to be every day. Well, Nick, thank you so much for being in the Flower Power podcast. You are my first guest. It was a little bit challenging because we're trying to, oh, this is my first time doing it with a guest. Um, how was your experience? <laughs> it was wonderful. I enjoyed being number one for once in my life. Um, it was a great time at Flower Power. I feel much more enlightened, peaceful, and like I've uh, aligned all of my chakras. Uh, like, uh, I think I'm going to start wearing a flower in my curls. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for the people that um, sent in their questions. They were really good questions, and I hope we did answer them for you. If you have any more questions, please DM us. Um, where can we find you on YouTube, oh, Instagram, you and Facebook? Please let us know. You could find me on Instagram at Flex Lassiter or Nick Leahy. Um, There's two interchangeable names on there. Or you could go to the Flex Entertainment Studios. Really, really long name. Maybe we'll link it somewhere. But um, there's a YouTube page, which is where all the content is. And we'll advertise on our Instagram, too. And it's on Facebook. So we're pretty much everywhere. Flex Entertainment Studios, Flex Lassiter, Nick Leahy. Flex Lassiter's an alter ego. Uh, he's a bad guy. Uh, but he's not me. That's about it. <laughs>